Kelly, and today I'm with author Liz Crow. Hi, Liz. How are you doing today? Hey, Abigail. I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, I'm doing fabulous. I I am dolled up. I'm I'm ready to go. I put in my uh, my my pretty earrings today. Hey, you're all fancied up. You are, yeah. You know, I have so so few excuses to get dolled up these days. <laughs> <laughs> right, you know, right. Uh, working in the bookshop, I don't get a, I, I don't get a lot of excuses to to do that. Especially if you have to, you have to wear a mask all day. It kind of takes a little bit of the glamour. Out it of does, it. it does, it does. Well, I mean, I I sold real estate for so many years that, um, and I had to be dressed up all the time. Yeah. I mean, it was all about dressing for your success. You know, dressing for the image you want to project and blah blah blah. So when I stopped selling real estate and moved over to doing working in breweries and stuff, my God. Jeans and sweatshirts, jeans and brewery t-shirts. I was in heaven. I totally understand that. Mm-hmm. I was a, I was a nanny for a long time, and so it was kind of the opposite, where I had to wear jeans and a t-shirt and you know right. sneakers every day. So when I finally stopped being a nanny, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wear nice clothes again. <laughs> <laughs> that I don't have to worry about getting like applesauce on or like oh, yeah. finger paint throw, throw up or whatever. Yeah, yeah. all that good stuff. <laughs> Um, all right. So we are here because we have a very special uh, thing coming up for you. We're recording this a little bit in the past, but in the in when this comes out, you will have just released a new book. And that is What Happens in Denver, correct? That is correct. Uh, I read it and I had quite the time. I have oh. so many questions. Oh, good. Good. I have I have lots of answers. I'm, and I mean, the problem with me is and answering questions about beer is I will make you I will bore you to tears. So what I tried to do and what happens in Denver is to bring a little bit of the beer stuff in without making it boring, but also making it a legit part of the story. You know? I I really enjoyed that. So listeners, uh, for your edification, this is a book that takes place in the like microbrewery world, right? Um, right, craft beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, craft it's not really beer. Techni- technically they're not microbreweries anymore. <laughs> they're it's just a craft brewery. So yeah. Yeah, I, I, which is a thing I know nothing about because <laughs> I've only ever had like two sips of beer my whole life, and Uh-oh. they were when I was like six. So and you weren't supposed to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I found, I found that really, really super interesting, and we're gonna get well, deep into uh, why you decided to set a romance in in this world what draws mm-hmm. you to it i have a lot mm-hmm. of questions about your other books you've written and a lot mm-hmm. of the themes i've kind of spied in your books yeah. um but before that i ask one question uh to, for of every new guest who comes on the podcast and that is how do you feel about romance novels i feel that any book that can tell me an emotional story a story of the mind about people is worth reading and romance novels do that better than anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we talk about, is it plot driven or character driven romance novels are by definition character driven yeah. um, because they're about the people and what they're experiencing in their lives. And most, most specifically their love lives. Um, and I, I think that that is a hard way to write a book and anyone who can do it is amazing and, and can convince me that the people in it, um, are realistic, you know, that mm-hmm. they're really experiencing what they're experiencing. Because when you're trying to describe what's going on in someone's mind, 
and not make it sound like it's just coming right out of your mind. You know, mm-hmm. it's that's a that's a real skill. And I think that's a lot of fun. And I love reading. Now, that said, I read anything. I love to read and I will read whatever I can get my hands on. I am not exclusive, an exclusive romance reader. Um, but uh, and the books that I tend to read, I was kind of making a list of them about my favorite books, my favorite authors. Even if they're not romances, they tend to be, for the most part, very character driven. Yeah. You know, very internal, mm-hmm. if you will. So I feel that romance novels are some of the more enjoyable novels that I have ever read, straight up. And I've read a lot of them. I've read a lot of novels across the board, not just romance. So I, I feel like I, I usually go back to some of my favorites, you know, every time. when they, I have my go-to authors in almost every genre, but I definitely have my go-to authors in romance. I, you know, I totally agree. I'm very much the same way. Like, if I don't care about what's going on in the interior lives of the characters, if I don't mm-hmm. have, if it isn't, like, almost completely about that, I, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really care about what I'm reading, uh, typically, right. unless it's, like, nonfiction, in which case that's totally different. But, like, right. in fiction, I want to see the people. I want to be with the people. And that's yeah. something that just by definition romance has to do it has yep. to be the people or else absolutely or else what are you reading right reading absolutely that. and so so the way i look at it too it's one of the, you know i was an early adopter of um stephen king so i read mm-hmm. i've read everything i i literally have read almost almost everything because i don't like some of the gorier horror stuff mm-hmm. um but my favorite book of his is the is it the girl who loved tom gordon i think is it about a young girl who literally gets lost in the woods and the entire novel is in her head oh. trying to talk herself out of freaking out and figuring out a way to get out of the woods. And it made me think about my other favorite novel by him, I think, um, or anything by him that is more about the internal lives of his characters and that he is excellent at psychological horror, mm-hmm. you know, convincing your like misery. Okay. The book misery. Right. Yeah. And so that book is about, um, the horror of being in a situation that you never, that, that is everyone's worst nightmare. And then it's all in your head. I think he's excellent at that. And that kind of got me on, that set me on a path of reading um, about, that's why I'm, I'm drawn to books that are about, that are more internal, you know, yeah. that are about whether they're thrillers or, or mysteries or whatever. If I, if I can be convinced um, that the people that I'm reading about that are realistic and they're, I'm really in their heads, then I really like it. So what are what were some of your early romance picks? Like if you if you kind of were going from this like very non-romantic place, um, right. wh- how did you transition into romance? And then how did you decide that you wanted to write it? Well, I um I did it. I read my house growing up was full of books, mm-hmm. um, but not so much romance books, except for the books that my mom loved and swore were not romance books. And then they've gone through a phase of being called romance. And now we finally figured out that they're not. Uh, Valley of the Dolls, mm-hmm. the Thorn Birds, mm-hmm. loved me. The Thorn Bird, yep. loved it. Um, Peyton Place. Okay. Um, you know, I read Flowers in the Attic, which I just heard you talking about. <laughs> <laughs> when I was in middle school, ooh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Man, did that have a, that imprinted on me in a major way. I bet it did. I there bet are it scenes did. in that book I can still picture, and I only read it once. Yep. <laughs> you know, so I didn't read. I was not really exposed to the, the good stuff. You know, the yeah. really, the, I, I wasn't, because that just wasn't what was in our house. However, these books were, uh-huh. and I could pull them right off the shelf, you know, 
And I always joke with my mom now, she was one of my early uh, proofreaders. And um, she read about a lot of stuff. And finally, she said, I can't read about all this boning. And I'm like, Mom, <laughs> Mom, the books Thornbirds, uh, Valley of the Doll, that shit was on your shelf. So yeah. don't tell me you don't read about boning, okay? <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's And it's so funny, too, because it's like... It, people's perception of what is and isn't romance in on along generational lines in particular mm-hmm. is so mm-hmm. interesting to me because I don't know if you've gotten to the episodes in our backlog about uh, Clan of the Cave Bear. Girlfriend, <laughs> I loved Clan of the Cave Bear and you or I are going to go to the mat over that book, all right? <laughs> we are going to arm just, wrestle. Listen. We're going to arm wrestle. The pleasures, the pleasures. That it's was not genius. a romance. It's not a romance. <laughs> it's not. Oh, God, no, it's not a romance. That's where I have a bone to pick. Like, if if it had been sold to me exclusively as, like, kind of whack historical fiction, I would have been like, I give that to you, for sure. It is. She made some choices. She did a lot of research. It was grim. But you know what? That's that's fine. But when you come into this house and you tell me that that is a romance series, I I will fight you because it is not. No. And that's what's just... And so that's... Okay, this could lead us in two different directions, but uh-huh. I want to I want to stick with this for just a minute. Okay. Because okay, Clan of the Cave Bear, help me out. Isn't that the one where the guy, his name is John Delar, right? Not he doesn't appear in the first book. Definitely. Okay. Well, he maybe he appears later because yeah. that okay yes. And so he <laughs> they have this whole thing about the pleasures. Okay. And I think that's in the second book maybe okay. about how the okay this is again imprinted on me. Um. I'm sure it is. These are tough. The, yeah, they are. They are. But okay. So the pleasures are given. They're taught to the young men of this man's tribe or whatever the hell they are um, by older women. Older women teach the young men okay. how to pleasure women. Okay. And then that way the men can truly pleasure. Okay. I'm like, now that is fucking genius. <laughs> okay, I love that. So I that's the, but here's the deal. It is like again like so she so desperately wanted to make the Neanderthals the villains. Like they do yeah. everything wrong. They're misogynistic in the extreme. Oh my god, yeah. Like they're horrible. They beat all the women. They right. they sexually assault women all the time. I mean, hello Game of Thrones. Okay, yeah. yeah. And so, like, to then, right. like, have the humans be the ones who are, like, actually, we teach our men how to pleasure our women. <laughs> it's know, just like, okay, all right, Jean. Jean, <laughs> what, what do you missing it, You're missing the part where they do the pleasures, girl, because I That's still true. joke with my mom about that. <laughs> I just can't, I, like, I couldn't get past, like, so much bad stuff happens to her in the first yes. book. It is, it is, uh, it is a lot of, uh, yeah. Misery porn, as you called it, pretty well. Oh, man. Um, Should have yeah. skipped it. Should have gone but straight. I read, I read all of it. I did. And I, no, but I never, never in a million trillion years would ever have mistaken it for romance. Well, Nor okay. do I mistake Flowers in the Attic for romance. That's just freaky uh, fiction. Yeah. For weirdos like myself. Yeah, so. and, that's, <laughs> and that's fine. I have no bone to pick with that, right? Like, right. read whatever you want to read. Read the weirdest, right. wackest, absolutely right. darkest stuff you want to read. If it tickles you, go ahead. I don't care. Yeah. But, yeah. like, come into my house and say, Abigail, you should read that book. This is a great romance. I loved it. Right. And then I have to, and then I have to pick it up, and I am hurt. I'm hurt by that. Then- well, and, then you ha- and then you have to feel like you have to explain it to people. That's what's yeah. aggravating to me. It's like I have to explain... You know, well, actually, and then I, people don't listen to you anymore no, they as don't. soon as you say no, those they words. they don't. 
you know? Which is why I started the podcast, because I kept trying to explain the romance novels I was reading to my friends, and they were like, Abigail, I don't actually. Nah. Nah, 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 nah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, to get back on track here, uh, we can talk about Clan of the Cave Bear all day, I'm sure. Oh my god. Only if you finish it. Only if you finish it, and you didn't. I don't think, yeah, I can't, I cannot. I had grand plans, and they were just <laughs> shot to hell. Well, um, I want you to also convince me, and we're tangenting here, but yeah. I, because of that, okay, because I am on the, I listened to, I'm a huge audiobook fan yeah. as well, um, and so I listened to a series by Samantha Shannon, The Bone Season, hmm. which was really good, and I, and I only found it because I listened to one of her standalone, I think it's a standalone, or maybe it's a start to a new series called Priory of the Orange Tree. And it is pure fiction, uh, you know, made up shit, right? Not, there's romance in it and all this kind of stuff. Um, it's got, uh, it's very much got LGBTQ stuff happening, um, but in a fantasy world. And I asked uh, Twitter for some recommendations because I really love uh, the series by Patrick Rothfuss, mm-hmm. Name of the Wind. Okay, mm-hmm. that whole series with what... Um, Quoth or whatever. I don't yeah. know if you've heard that of that one. Um, so I'm like, I want that. Only I want the female version of that, right? Yeah. Because that series is very much a male fantasy mm-hmm. of a young man's life, right? And I like it and I very much enjoy it. But I wanted this. So someone said Re- Priory of the Orange Tree. And then I loved that one. And then I launched into the bone season. So I'm like, all right, so now I need to segue into Katie Roberts and the Young Gods. I know you've got a, an episode about that. Um mm-hmm. Sarah Moss, I hear a lot about her series. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you tell me. N.K. Jasmine is on my is in my Audible library. I think mm-hmm. I saw some. You talked about um, her books. Mm-hmm. You know. So and I really like. And I'll admit it. I'll say I don't like PNR except for Charlene Harris, <laughs> Janine Frost. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. You. I think you do like PNR, but you only like select <laughs> PNR because because J- Janine Frost gets wild with it. That is not average PNR. No. Well, I've only listened to, and I will say that I've only made, I haven't dug, I haven't gone all the way through her books. I, I the series where I think she's like a like a like a wild ant wild cat um, changeling of some sort, like a not a wolf but some other something. Um, mm-hmm. and I really kind of dug that, but then yeah. I, some of the stuff I would pick up after that, I'm just like, Oh no, I can't go there. Um, yeah. so yeah. So I, like I said, I, 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 I venture into some rabbit holes with some of this stuff yeah. and then I'll back out. Like I'll venture upon something that's like, Oh no, ew, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> no. fair. I mean, I don't, I'm, I definitely don't subscribe to the idea that just because like you pick up one book that you like, that you are obligated to then read all of the other books. Uh, right. Like if it's not hitting you, don't read it. Yeah. There's so many good books yeah. out there. Yeah. Um, I would recommend the Psy Changeling series. Yes. Yeah, um, I haven't tried that one and I need to do that. I, it's hard too when there's these really established series because it feels like they're super hyped. And yeah. I was not super impressed with like the first thing I read I, I made the mistake of reading on novella first because I was like I'm not going to get into like reading the the whole series right away I'm just gonna right. dip my toes in and right. that was a mistake because like the world is so complex that I was like oh yeah I don't know what's going on yeah very very good All um right. but yeah I mean it sounds like I mean you know what what hits you so I oh, think yeah. like 
Uh, if you like big epic fantasy, a la Patrick Rothfuss, then like mm-hmm. I would suggest uh, Sarah J. Moss. Yeah. Because um, hers are definitely like you can tell she loves a romance novel, but she also yeah. is like it's 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 like fate trickery and it's these big overarching cool. plots. And know? I like that. I mean, yeah. that to me, that is I, I have discovered that about myself after because I didn't really like Game of Thrones. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry. No, I um, yeah, I'm with but you. But I really enjoyed the Rothfuss series. Um, He's got even a great though, voice. Yeah. Um, uh, even though, I had the, uh, and I listened to it, I read it and I listened to it. When I listened to it, um, I thought, oh, wow, is this some teenage boy's fantasy of what it would be like to have sex for the first time or what? <laughs> Fairy sex expert? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm like, that's fair. That's fair. That's fantasy. I love, and, yeah. and that the bigger picture of that series was amazingly complex, and I like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, N.K. Jemison is also fabulous. Um, the City We Became, I believe, is her newest mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Is that Very part of her good. series? I've got the first book. Uh, I think, series. no, her, her like tentpole, like big fantasy series is, um, uh, like, what is it? the Broken Earth series. Yeah, like I've got that first book yeah. on my Audible and I haven't I haven't listened to it. Those are fantastic. The the city we became is like an urban f- fantasy sci-fi kind of vibe mm. like Elder Horror. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's like the Bone Season series, Samantha Shannon. Mm-hmm. Really good. Just like that. That's what I would call that urban fiction sci-fi fantasy. <laughs> yeah, like just the wildest elements. I yeah. love that. That is yeah. my ish. I love cool. a modern world with some weird stuff in it. Yeah, me too. I love it. I love it yeah, so well, you'd like this series. I don't know if you've heard of it or not, but it's, no, it's I haven't. got about five different books, I think, or four books in a prequel. I skipped the prequel, but um, the four books are solid. They are. Right. Yeah. I'll give it a go. We should probably yeah. talk about your books, though, huh? Yeah, well, we can. It's whatever. <laughs> okay, so I have a question for you. So I just I like was, talk about books, so I, I'm good. I, yeah, I love it. I love it. I have to talk about books all day. It's literally what I do all day. But um, I have some questions for you because I okay. was perusing your backlist, and uh-huh. holy smokes, do you have quite the backlist? I you do. have one or two books in there, huh? A few. You got like I was counting them. You got like thirty books in there. Yeah, there's a, there's actually about forty of them if you count what's on Radish right now. Oh, oh, yeah, you're got, Radish. You're a Radisher. Yeah, I got several books on Radish as well. Are you doing like um like exclusive for Radish or is it or is it like Some. books you put over there? Okay. Yeah, no, everything over there now. I used to have a, a few other books and I pulled them because I'm going to self publish them. And I'm going to indie publish them next year. Uh-huh. Um, but I, what's over there now is exclusive to Radish. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, and right. one of them is a one of them is a departure for me. It's a a, a medical thriller. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm so interested, but that totally makes sense actually because what I wanted to ask you about mm. is when I was looking through your different series, the mm-hmm. one thing I noticed was that you love an intense professional. I mm-hmm. feel like almost all of your books involve some sort of like very niche but very intense professional person who is like mm-hmm. their job is them and they are their job. Um, yeah, fair. Yes, I and, think that's a fair assessment. Yes. And I find that so interesting because a lot of times in romance novels, 
jobs and careers and stuff are kind of given a sort of token importance. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if they have if they have a job they care about at all, like something right. I've noted about alien romance is a lot oh. of times when like a woman gets abducted from Earth, for instance, um, it's kind of fine that she leaves everything behind because she didn't really have a job <laughs> she cared about. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Almost every time she had she conveniently had no family and also she hated right. her job. Um <laughs> And that always kind of bugged me because I'm like, man, she couldn't have been like a doctor or like something. Like, yeah, what if she had, you know, what if she was a veterinarian or something? Yeah, <laughs> and like sometimes there is obviously, but but the vast majority of times it's kind of like whatever profession they chose, whatever they did with their life beforehand didn't really matter. Which yeah. I mean, fair enough. If I get right. abducted, that then becomes the focal point of my life. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, tentacles. Yeah, stuff. exactly, and <laughs> tails and horns and claws and what all. Um, but I I find it so interesting that I mean a lot of like authors have maybe one or two series where the books kind of hinge on um a, like a profession or professionals I should say I, mm-hmm. in my head when I was doing my like research I I kept calling it big boss romance um, mm. and because I feel like almost all of your books are about people who are the boss uh at least at least in their own minds or they're trying to be the boss they are these people who take themselves and what they do very seriously they're very intense um and i wanted to ask you what kind of draws you to that kind of character archetype and specifically these kind of niche um professions that you've chosen to write about so extensively um wow that is an excellent analysis of me we can be done now (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so i don't know i think uh, i think my process was i mean because i've i've done two mate i've had a lot of jobs in my life but one the job i worked at the most and at the hardest was selling real estate Mm -hmm. um and so i had a lot of hours to think about as a realtor (laughs) you have a lot of downtime um you're sitting at empty open houses you're sitting in the old days um you when you used to have to sit around and wait for the phone to ring in the office, I was, mm-hmm. I'm old enough to remember that. Um, and you know, all of that time sit around and think about it. And I just, I, something about the way realtor, the way selling real estate is so dynamic. And, um, to me, uh, every day was different and there was always, you're always meeting new people and you're always on, you have to be on all the time. Um, I think I just, that, I didn't go into it thinking about the boss of that. I went to, into it thinking about the female character in that who has mm-hmm. come into it um, younger than I went into it and kind of against her whole family's like, no, you should be, you know, you were selling, you know, pharmacy, you know, you were doing great. Why? No one likes realtors. They're like car salesmen or whatever, you know? And she's like, no, I'm going to do this because mm-hmm. I know people and this, I like the flexibility of it. And so it just happened to that she would of course encounter because it was romance there has to be the other part of that and he he wasn't the boss at the time mm-hmm. um and they end up being the boss together kind yeah. of so mm-hmm. yeah so there's that i think and i i just drew i have i have a lot of years of sitting around thinking about well what would happen in this big empty mansion if right or mm-hmm. what would happen if you know, you were stuck working and this, you know, this happens, you're stuck working on a really challenging transaction together with another and you get to know that other realtor really well, maybe more than you want to know them because the transaction is really challenging and they're either helping or hindering it. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's just a ton of personal interaction going on there. Yeah. So I, I, that's where my jumping off point 
yeah. for that series. And mm-hmm. that series, Stuart Realty series, was my first successful. It got me my my original fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, and ha- that's kind of propelled me into other things. And uh, But the series takes on a, a whole, like, there. once you get into it, it even it gets away from that, right? So, yeah, so the next, you know, the next story is about this woman's brother and his partner and they start a brewery. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the next book is that, you know, it pulls in all the elements of things I love, which are no, no and love real estate, beer, mm-hmm. sports. Yeah. <laughs> which evolve a lot of intensity. Like all of those yeah. things are in attract an, a, a certain type of person, um, yeah. which, yeah. you yeah. know, yeah. usually a very focused, very driven, um, especially like in, I would say, like the, the beer brewing industry, a very creative, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, practical type of person, mm-hmm. um, which is which is, you know, it's not your standard sort of big professional energy. No, I, I think that you find in romance novels. I think it's a lot of times like this man is some indefinable CEO and he has I a lot that. of money, <laughs> you know, I hate that. And, yeah, there's nothing more that I dislike than something like billionaire for no reason you know and i'm like no i, I want to know how he got there and, and he's young it. and he's hot and he's a good person and he definitely made all of his own money none of those things can be true i'm sorry no. none of them can not be all true. at once no 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 not in the same human right so that i i i and that's a good point i was aggravated by some of the books i was reading you know and i don't, couldn't even tell you what they were but you know this sort of random bazillionaires and I'm like, well, but how did they get that way? And so my, and, and that's like, I guess this sort of drove me to describe how that happened, you know? Yeah. Because yeah, real estate, beer, sports, all of those things require dedication, mm-hmm. focus, um, and a lot of energy. Yeah. A lot of not giving up energy. Yeah. And I've done them all. I've done them all. I personally have not played sports, but I, um, my daughter, who's now in second year of vet school. Mm-hmm. Uh, played D1 soccer at a Big Ten school. And in order to get her to that point, uh, we spent a ton of time and money from the time she was in third grade on clubs and travel and training and Mm -hmm. uh, recruiting and all this stuff. So I know, right? Um, So that's kind of, so I get that kind of focus too. So yeah, Yeah. I guess I never really thought about that way, Abigail, but I think that's a really great way to think about my books. Yeah, my, and they all, they're all that way. Everybody in my books um, has a story maybe has something to prove either to themselves or the other person. And they, you know, the success that they have at their careers maybe is the story they're telling. I don't know. That's a good way to think about it. Or they're trying to step beyond the success of their careers or Mm -hmm. they are, you know, a mess in spite of the success. Oh, total mess. Oh yeah. Uh, (laughs) I'll Andy. um, Huge mess. Yeah. Who is the, biggest sloppiest mess uh, I know. and Big not necessarily uh because of you know it's not necessarily her fault but yep. boy howdy uh yep. the, the heroine from what we what happens in denver is yep. <laughs> quite a mess yes um but she's also aggressively competent um she is very very good at what she does and i i found that uh, really interesting because it was very clear like although she doesn't value herself particularly highly she is so good at what she does and she doesn't 
Like this idea of her having that kind of insecurity of, oh, I didn't finish college because I, you know, my my boyfriend turned husband at the time, like convinced me to drop out so we could start this bar together and all this stuff. Um, I it was like I just wanted to like shake her and be like, you're clearly so good at what you do <laughs> and you know it somewhere, but like right. you can't actually admit it to yourself. And I just, oh. Which was okay. Like, so yeah. that is a good point. Someone else pointed this out to me, and I, when I think back on a lot of my female characters, mm-hmm. um, you know how it is. You you bring yourself yeah. to every book. You bring. You can't not. Yeah. You can't cut yourself out of it. As I am, I will be fifty five years old this year, and I have done a lot of shit. I have sold a lot of houses, and I've made some good money. I started a brewery with some guys, and I worked my ass off, and they were a total success. And they did dump me. It mm-hmm. was not a divorce. But it was a breakup of a business arrangement that felt like a divorce. Yeah. And um, I know that feeling. I know mm-hmm. the exact moment when you know before they do, because we ladies know, yeah. right? I knew it was coming and I didn't know why, or I kind of didn't know why, but I I was still su- just completely blindsided by it emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, it's, I think it's generational, this thing you're talking about, because I know, and I've raised three amazing kids. I've got... Three very, and a, you know, pharmacist, going to be a veterinarian, um, an engineer, you know, and they're solid human beings. I did that. And even my husband will say, you did that. I was never home. I was working all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but still, I don't give myself credit for that. Yeah. I don't. And I, so I learned, I didn't know Jack all about beer. And these guys brought me in because I knew marketing and I knew pretty much every fucking bot person in Ann Arbor. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> that's what they needed. Yeah. So I did that for them. And there's so many layers of what I did and neglected my family for several years and all kinds of sacrifices I made because I dove into the beer world full, like full body immersion, right? Yeah. I got to know as many people as I could. This is sort of early days, sort of early adoption days, um, the early, so 2008. Um, And so- Mm -hmm. I jumped right in and I got to know and I made it my thing. I blogged. I was a successful beer blogger for a lot of years until I wasn't, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it, when that happens to you, when you're like in your early 50s, you're like, what the fuck just happened? What? Yeah. It's really, really, really easy to discount yourself. Mm-hmm. And I wanted that to come through with her because it's, a, it's also a very female thing. Men are very good at giving themselves credit for stuff. And I think it's just a, honestly, just a DNA, Darwin, survival of the fittest kind of thing. I don't know. We women tend to very often discount all the things we've done. And what I wanted, and that's what I wanted Andy to be, to show, but then to sh- prove to herself because she, become, she becomes an invaluable friend to Sloan, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Who from, needs from her. From the get-go. Yeah. Right. From the minute they meet, right? Yeah. And so, but she's just like, oh, I'm just doing a thing. It's just what you do, right? Yeah. And then, you know, she accidentally meets this other guy. She's like, oh, that's handy. And then so she, <laughs> you know, then Sloan becomes an invaluable friend to her. And I wanted it to be really a story about Andy and her, her arc, understanding her own value. First as a friend, you know, first as a friend to someone and also with her old friends back home yeah. too. Um who kept trying to convince her that she's better than she thought she was. Um, and then just have the romance kind of be a little side story. And that's really how it worked out. Now, that's not how this book started. Mm-hmm. The book started out 
in its original format was a traditional contemporary uh, romance uh, dual points of view, like I always do, his and hers, third person. That's yeah. my. That's usually how I write books. Mm-hmm. Um, I got an agent. I had an agent for a hot second, who for this for this book, and she had me go read some books by people who were now some of my favorite authors. Um, some chiclet rom com like uh, Mary McFarlane. Oh my god, oh, yeah, I love Mary her books. McFarlane. Fucking yep. love her. Marianne Keys. Mm-hmm. Oh god, I love that. Just laugh out loud, right? Mary McFarland and I are not like Twitter buddies now. I she's the coolest chick ever. So, but so I'm like, all right. So I literally took a contemporary romance and flipped it into what you're reading now, which is not, you know, it's an all first person point of view. Yeah. No, you don't get any of James's perspective, mm-hmm. um, which was hard for me because I kept wanting, and I have a whole, I have it, so I saved it, right? I've yeah. got it in a file called James, yeah. right? <laughs> if I ever need it, um, but. That was a really great writing practice experience for me. Yeah, I bet. It's a, diff- it's a different novel. It is a different way to present something. Um, and it was fun. I had a good time with it. And so when I had to, I sh- when we, the agent thing didn't work out, so I put it away. Um, and then I had kind of a period of time where I wasn't writing and I wasn't promoting myself. I got sideways with some bloggers and I don't, honestly don't know what happened. Um, and then got uh, bullied around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just stopped. I'm like, I don't need this fucking shit. <laughs> I don't want it. I don't need it. it. There's too much going on in the real world for me to be concerned about. So I backed away from writing and promoting myself from about 2016 to last year, really mm-hmm. 2020. Um, and then I re-released the whole Stuart Realty series, um, which you know kind of revived me a little bit. I wrote the final novel to that series, which just came out as well, um, which wrapped it all up, which was something I've always wanted to do. Um, and I feel like I needed to Andy's story to be something fun, you know, something light heart, not, I mean, it's not a lighthearted life is not lighthearted. You know, what happens to her friend is not lighthearted, but through their friendship, they're better people. Yes. So I just yes. feel like that it was a story that needed to be told. That was a whole lot of me. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if it were me as a younger person, if that, if all of that had happened to me as a young, much younger woman, I probably would still have the same, like, oh, I'm no good. I'm, I suck. I suck. You know? Cause that's just how we go in our heads, you know? And I think like, to be fair to Andy, man, she got some, she got the shit kicked out of her. Uh, just really bad so terrible i felt so bad for andy like as much as i was also like girl come on recognize right. your worth like a little bit right i was also like holy shit yeah that's horrible she's got mm-hmm. a terrible husband she's mm-hmm. worked so hard for so many years and then to have her her business just as it is hitting its most successful point ripped out of her hands right um like i oh God, it made me cringe. Um, but she, but she comes back in a way that, like, yeah, I would say that the book is definitely is a romance, but it also is predominantly Andy's story of not only like recognizing her worth and getting mm-hmm. her shit together, but also mm-hmm. just what happens to so many of us when the carpet is just ripped out from underneath us. Um, mm-hmm. And that is brutal. That like yeah. rebirth of yourself after something you kind of used as a crutch to ignore other things yeah. um, is ripped away. That's oh, yeah. a horrible experience. You usually come out better for it, but like it's bad. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, I, and that's and that's 
how I, how I felt. Mm-hmm. And I remember, and I couldn't sleep. I couldn't, I was, I was a mess. And I had kids like my kids were in the sort of college, high school transitioning period. They needed me, you know, they needed me. And so I'm like, and I was having a hard time focusing on them. I mean, it's, it was hard. It was hard. And, um, to, to allow yourself to work through that and to come mm-hmm. out with something on the other side is, is definitely worth, um, chronicling in some way, Yeah, you know? And so I just, it felt good to, to, to be able to tell her story, you know, this way. And, um, I will tell you this, there is a sequel Ooh. and, um, uh, mm-hmm, what happens in Chicago. Ooh. And oh, I is, figured. Yeah. I yeah. think, yeah, yeah. Backstory, yeah. backstory for Michael and Sloan. Backstory for Michael and Sloan is uh, probably a 10 on a one to five scale of hotness. Yeah, I figured that's when when the word private Smoking. club was mentioned. Oh, I was like, goodness. <laughs> I know, I know where this is going. Oh, it, and it went there. Woo, big time. So that was fun too, right? So I yeah. did this other thing and then to go back to kind of what I really love writing is this emotional connections that are around the physical. I love yeah. that. <laughs> well, you, I mean, it's, it's so clear that you, you love a, a psychological story and you chose the most intense kind of people to, to analyze and to follow and to get in the heads of. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just like any old average Joe off the street that you, that were like following through their love story. It's like people who are, who take themselves and what they do so seriously. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's easy to take that for granted when you like, when you counter the occasional romance novel where one of the characters is like a highfalutin whatever right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but when it's so presented as like all you know, all of your books are about these really intense professional people whether they're like successful still in us in andy's case right mm-hmm. or not they they all have this really intense drive to mm-hmm. do what they want to do and right. to, to to see a vision through and, yep. and to get control of their lives i mean that's like that's a really cool thread to have throughout all of your books um i was like i i, I kept looking through it i was like wait a minute is that one also and that one and that one like that's <laughs> honestly like it's a, it sounds exhausting to write to me but in like a cool way <laughs> <laughs> right yeah well you know it's funny i always say to people i mean your analysis though i have to tell you i've never thought about it that way but it is true um, I always say to people, I like to explore relationships. Yeah. Um, I have one of my series, the love brothers, um, is that I'm, I'm going to add on to next year is, uh, about a family, mm-hmm. um, a blue collar, mostly middle-class, you know, but there was, there's a brewery in the, in the backstory that mm-hmm. the s- second generation is now running. But then one of the brothers owns his own garage. You know, mm-hmm. one of the brothers is a high school teacher, mm-hmm. you know, so I, now that I think about it, I'm like, yeah, and they're, and they are, um, very, each brother is very much what he does and takes it very seriously, whatever it is, even though one of them is just a garage. No, that's a small business. That's important. We have to have those people and it helps. Of course he's hot, you know? Ah, Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, of course, but, um, but yeah. And then of course the youngest brother, when he comes back and causes all the trouble, he's a writer. So he comes in and like causes all. The oh, problems. we don't like writers here, actually. <laughs> so yeah, so that's um, I love that. That was series is super fun to write too. I think that's and that's I'm gonna I'm gonna revisit it. And my because my goal, and I'll just tell you, I'm telling everybody that I'm talking to on this tour. I am 
100% devoted to being uh, to releasing a whole lot of books uh, indie style next year. Wow. I've done it. The Love Brothers has been successful for me. I had to drop it um, because my life fell apart. <clears throat> and so I dropped it. Mm-hmm. And I'm picking it back up. And then I have a whole soccer series that I've written that I'm going to be releasing next year. Right. I'm kind of getting on that whole Ted Lasso thing a little bit. All right, um, yeah. But, but I love soccer. And so that's, I, I've written it. There's five books already written. Um, so I'm going to do them all. And I, and I, as a writer, I, I feel like now this is my business. You know, I've, oh, I've gone, yeah. I've gone the small publisher route and I get it. Um, I now have a collection of professionals. I have editors and proofreaders and cover designers. I'm like, there's no reason for me to not be in charge of all this from soup to nuts. And the problem is my husband, who is an engineer, an automotive quality engineer. So he's super data minded. He keeps saying, well, did you see a bump in sales? I'm like, well, I don't know because they were the publisher and I can't know that. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. So he's like, okay, that's got to stop. I'm like, I know you're right. <laughs> I, you know, I, I've, <laughs> I get it. Uh, I've, I've been on the same road. So I have a serial coming out um, that I'm going to be putting out on Patreon uh, in February. And um, I'm excited about that. But I've been, I've been trying to get traditionally published for like five years. Mm. And uh, I've recently, I went through the RWA's ramp program mm, um, mm-hmm. and I got a, a book in and it was like a great experience. I had a mentor mm-hmm. and everyone who's read it has like loved it and mm. it's it's a really unique idea but it's essentially a ghost romance mm-hmm. and um this is the worst time in the history of publishing ever to try and get published traditionally or get an yeah. agent yeah um yeah and it has it been uh brutal it it's been really really brutal it has and like- i i agree i agree and so there's no reason for you to not just publish that yourself yeah you know because i that medical thriller that's on radish yeah I had that fucking thing on sub for three, two years. Yeah. You know, and I would get close. I would get full requests and then I would get a lot of crickets or I would get, yeah, I can't work with this or this is not right for my my list. Yeah. Not right for my list. I'm like, okay. So I, and, and so, you know, Malika kept at it. Yeah. So I'll tell you what I'm doing now is I do have a thriller in process, a straight Mm -hmm. up, um, very much a domestic thriller, um, that, I'm working with a manuscript developer on. Um, okay. He's an editor, a pretty well-known editor, and he, we became Twitter buddies. We were just mm-hmm. chatting and um, joking about stuff. And you know, he said, and I, I emailed him and I said, okay, I have a favor to ask. You know, I know what you charge for editing, and I know this. I said, but you, do you do development? Because I want, I have a question for you. So I sent him this whole thing. I thought it was great. You know, I've done this. I know how to write. Come on, I got forty some books out. Give me a break. And he he read it. He got back to me pretty quickly. He goes, "Yeah, this is a great um, romantic suspense." I'm like, "Oh, that's not what I was going for." Yeah. He's like, "Yeah, I know." So what? I, if you oh. want me to work with you? <laughs> oh, I see. Okay, yeah. So you want me to make it into something you think it is? It's not what I described to him in my email. What yeah. you described to me in your email, I was expecting something completely out. Not this. And mm-hmm. he said, "It's just because it's your habit to write this way." Yeah. So I've been on a journey of learning mm-hmm. about writing mysteries and thrillers that has been not always fun, sometimes fun. I've read a lot of books and watched a lot of TV shows that I never would have that he's recommended that I do, yeah. um, which is cool. But he also made me <coughs> outline. <laughs> oh, gross. No, 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 no. Uh, oh, my God. Abigail, you should see we have a Google, a shared Word doc, like in the cloud that is like. <sighs> 
Might as well never, put me in a straight jacket, man. Oh, God. But he said, and it's so true because it's a different kind of writing. Yeah. And I get that now. And I feel like I have been attending a master class with this guy. He's awesome. Um, but he kept saying, okay, well, this is your, you know, structure, beat, 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 middle, beat, 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 end. I'm like, I don't know the end yet. He's like, that's why you have to do an outline. You cannot write a thriller without knowing the ending. And I'm like, well, that's not how I write. He goes, I know, but if you want me to help you, you're going to have to know the ending. <laughs> so I, I been totally at it. get that. We've been at it since January, and um, I finally got the outline the way I want it. Um, mm-hmm. I've decided to go with a unreliable narrator, Ooh, which, he's like, which I love. Love it. And he's like, that's triple the challenge, but okay, I think you can do it. Mm-hmm. so he said we've got to nail down this outline he goes okay now write chapter one so I'm like yay so I wrote chapter one and it was fun and awesome and snarky and kind of dark and whatever and then he goes okay now write the last chapter he's like no you have to you, you have to do it this way especially yeah. if it's an unreliable narrator yeah yeah. No, I get it. I get it. But the visceral disgusted me God. at the idea oh. of writing A with an outline and B chronologically. Oh my like, God. non-chronologically makes me like, Ugh. I know. So anyway, that's kind of my, what, I'm, what I've been doing. In addition to this other, my plans, but I've got this really awesomely um, cool ro- soccer romance series. But um, in the meantime, I'm learning how to outline. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I just don't like it. <laughs> I know. I don't like it at all. But I will say um, it has, again, and I try to take every experience, you know, my, my moment that I had with the agent where I thought I had made it. Yeah. I got an agent. It's in New York. And yes. Yeah. And she's like, okay, now rewrite this book. I'm like, okay. And I rewrote it, you know, and I'm like, look yeah. what I did. Look what I did. And then she's like, no, that's not it. Not going to work. Bye. Like, um, oh, God. Okay. God, that's brutal. <laughs> oh, man. So yeah, so it's every everything like that. In publishing, though, you have to take it, yeah, and you have to learn from it, and you have to apply it somewhere else, you know. And so I just do, and I've had, I've been, I I have only, and I always say, well, you know, people ask, what's your one piece of advice for new writers? I'm like, my one piece of advice for new writers is find the most honest, brutal editor you can find, and pay them whatever they ask to get your book edited properly, and don't take it personally, yeah, because you can't, no, you cannot. And if that editor comes back to you and says, oh, I love this so much, you're fired. Yeah. No, no, no. Your editor's not there to fluff you. Sorry. Sorry. I mean, that's <laughs> that's something I took from art school. So art school, oh, yeah. what, you're, you're critique, not paying, right? Yeah, you're not paying for the teacher. You're paying for the critique. That's right. And you knew somebody was doing you dirty if they just said in the critique, oh, I don't know. No, I like it. You know? Yeah. If you have nothing to say to help me improve my work, yeah. then you're not doing your job. Yeah, you're fired. Yeah. Yeah. So. Exactly. And, you know, that's why, and I do, you know, I, I have fallen into the trap because the flip side of that as published author is uh, reviews, the big R word. Oh, no. Not, no, you know, not reviews. Um, so you have to kind of learn how to take what you need from those and and leave the rest. Yes. Right? Um, and I've gotten, and I have evolved. Yeah, let's see, my first book was published. I've been at this a decade now, 2010. Mm-hmm. My first book was published, which is no longer available. Thank God, because it's <laughs> fucking terrible. Um, but there it was. Yeah. Um, but since then, 
I have evolved in so many ways. You know, I get a, I'll get a meh review and I hate the meh reviews more than I hate the bad ones, right? If yeah. you don't really like it, tell me why. And if it's because my female characters were just, just too strong, I get that a lot. Too strong. Uh, I don't, then don't read any more of my books because you're going to hate them. But yeah. the meh, the ones that were like, meh. I'm like, no, 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 no. You have to have an opinion. <laughs> I feel like, why are you writing your review if it's just me? Right. But if you look at my reviews, and maybe you did, you'll see that mine are pretty, uh, either they love it or they're like, God, I hated it because that woman was so annoying. I can I could see that I could see how your books would be divisive um yeah. I personally have a policy where I don't look at anybody's reviews um because I don't because I think I don't trust a stranger's opinion I'm sorry right. who are you do you like are you should should I trust that you know right. what you're talking about right I don't right. so Isn't that no. annoying too and we set yeah. so much store by them I mean you you can't get your your shit seen on Amazon unless you have 50 of them for God's yeah. sake you know yeah. that's just so arbitrary I hate it. I I understand the numbers game, but I I I will look at like say a number of reviews to kind of judge how much traction a book has gotten. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, yeah, I I have never willingly read a review, and I will yeah. never willingly willingly in the future read a review. Certainly not if my own work. Holy oh, shit! Oh god, it's the worst. It's the <laughs> no. worst. And and you have to because you know when you're marketing yourself, you've got to pull some of the good ones. So I literally I will literally hold my hand over the screen and like yeah. scroll I'm like oh there's a good one copy paste don't look at the bottom <laughs> just like like control f loved it <laughs> yeah like, here we go right 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 oh, oh man. the life that the life yeah to be oh, able to cope with brutal. that it is it's part of it though it is it. it is you gotta have thick skin and that sucks but mm-hmm. it is you know the way of it mm-hmm. it is um all right so i think that's a good place to wrap up um okay. Now is time for pluggables. Uh, so I would like to know, where can I get uh, What Happens in Denver? Where can I get your other books? And where can I find you? I am all the hell over the place, including TikTok. All right. <laughs> and I only, I did TikTok because my, my daughter and her friends at school this summer made me a whole bunch of them. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So, yay. So, but uh, my TikTok is a whole lot of books or shelter pets because I do fundraising for our Humane Society. <gasps> Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, so that's all it is. But I, my, my website, I just had it upgraded, and I love it. Lizcrow.com. Super mm-hmm. easy. L i z c r o w e. dot com, and that's all my books are there. Um, mm-hmm. What happens in Denver is on every platform, um, and I guess yeah. By the time this is uh, this is played, it'll be out right. It's coming out Monday. Oh shit! It's coming out Monday. Oh my god! That's always like panic. You have to think about that. You just have to have a panic. No matter how many times you do it, right? So I'm, but I'm on Instagram and I'm doing a whole bunch of live Instagrams right now with some other authors. We're calling it Books and Brews. Ooh. Um, yeah, I got another one. I have had a couple and they're on, on my IGTV channel, but um, I've got like four more mm-hmm. uh, coming up Friday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, next week. They'll be live, but then they'll be on my um, TV channel or whatever they call it. Um, and I'm on Facebook, Natch. And I love Twitter. I'm all over the Twitter. Yeah, you's on Twitter. You got a good Twitter game. I love my I love my tweets. Um, and uh, so I'm kind of everywhere. I am on Radish as well. And on Radish, you can find me, uh, you can find some super exclusive stuff. There's a whole, like, um, there's a three book series on there that has never been published anywhere else. My medical thriller on there is, is kind of fun, um, I think. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm all over the place. LizCrow.com, though. Brand new website. Check it out. I love it. It, it is. Great. It's very slick. 
Did go very good. Uh, <laughs> all right, so all of that, or at least most of it, can be found in the description below. Um, I, as usual, I'm going to have all the links to your social media and your book and everything um, available for easy clicking. Uh, I I am so excited for this book to be released. I think it's a it's a wonderful book. It's a it is. It is a necessary book for somebody who is going through it right now, I think, yeah. like as so yeah. many of us are uh, right. in the pandemic and having to kind of reorganize our lives and what we want to do and who we want to do it with and 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 where we are and our worth. Um, it's I think kind of most people are experiencing some level of that right now. And I think mm-hmm. this book is really good for being like, listen, even if your life is a trash fire, <laughs> mm-hmm. there's some good in it. And it's usually from yep. the people around you. Grab the um, fire extinguisher and get on with it. Yeah. Yeah. Pull yeah. yourself up and uh, yeah. hold on to the people or, who, who right. are who Lean are on the people around you. Right. Yeah. That's and that's what uh, that's what I hope to get through that because it's true. Yeah, it's true. Absolutely. You have to do that. And so but tell me. So I'm going to start reading uh, Sarah Moss. Yes. <laughs> Katie Roberts, I've got Neon Gods ready to go. Is it good? Oh, it's you good. Oh, it, it's so good. I'm you not even. Whole, I'm not even like a huge fan of like extra super saucy stuff because I usually prefer a right. little bit more romance than like right. You know the ratio. Yeah. Um, yeah. But oh, so good, so good. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, she's weird. I love her on Twitter too, and I kept asking her. I'm like, yeah, just 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 read it. Tell me what you think. Um, okay, cool. So I've got a couple of recommendations for myself. I'm excited. Oh, and Side Changeling. I'll yes. jump into that. Yes. A Slave to Sensation is the first one. Okay. Oh, I got that written down right here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And when you finish Clan of the Cave Bear, we can talk more. So um, you're going to be around <laughs> in 30 years, yes? <laughs> of course. Okay, cool. We'll check back in. Uh, don't hold your breath. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, my pluggables, I'm going to try and keep them short because I've had like quite the list lately. Um, you can find me wherever th- there are things, you know, I'm 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 everywhere except for the places that I'm not. Uh, Kingdom Thirst, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, yep. mostly Twitter, frankly. Find me at Abigail K. Kelly. That's where I'm most active on Twitter. Um, although I'm pretty active in my Instagram stories because I like to cheese. Um and then uh, I am doing birthday month for this podcast. We're having our one year anniversary in October, and we're doing Ooh, four fun. special, special episodes. Cool. <laughs> um, and the first one is a listener request episode. So you have until uh, this week, actually, this Friday, to send in. Uh, your request, if you have anything you want me to do, read a dirty limerick, uh, do a stupid bit, like that kind of thing. Uh, if you have a question, I'm also happy to do a Q&A section of that of that episode. Send them in to kingdomofthirst at gmail.com or use the DMs of the various platforms you may be on. Um, and we're also doing something Twilight related for our finale. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is quite something. It'll be very different from our normal uh, sort of thingamajiggy that we do here. Um, so if you listeners, and also you, Liz Crow, have any sort of special memories involving Twilight, now they don't have to be positive, but if you have a very specific memory, if you have uh, like shipping opinions, if you have thoughts on the Twilight Renaissance and its effect on the pandemic, believe it or not. <laughs> 
um send those in you can send me either a dm with a voice message or you can send me any sort of voice file which is either an mp3 or a wave file to my email at kingdomofthirst at gmail.com i really want to hear the these opinions these stories i have so many ridiculous stories about twilight um and i i just i'm so excited uh to hear them so send those they in. lost me when they had sex and tore up the bed well you made it pretty <laughs> far into the series then huh <laughs> I did. Yeah, I did. that's that, pretty deep. That was like, that was a hard stop. With the, like, when he bit all the pillows. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will I'm never. Like, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I will never forget. So I, I, this is going to make me sound very young because I am, but I read those books when I was 13 and I will never forget getting the second book for my 13th birthday and getting it at 8 PM at night and staying up till 8 AM in the morning. I read it all in one sitting and then I I got to the point in the second book where he leaves her and I got up, I put my book down and sobbing, absolutely oh. crying my eyes out. I paced my bedroom and just yelling, how can he do this to her? How can he do this? He betrayed her. Oh, target audience. Yes. Boom. So if you have any memories like that, please, for the love of God, send them in. I need to hear them. Oh, that's um, And that's about it. You know, I've, I talked about in the episode, I'm going to have a Patreon coming out soon. I'm also going to be doing short stories and novellas coming out. I probably, if things don't work out with the whole query front pretty damn soon, I'm going to be putting out my spiritualist series which is otherwise known as the ghost books um up do as, as ebooks do it. um do so it. you can do it there's a lot there's a lot um, well i am thrilled to know you abigail and i hope we can be in touch oh yes i would love to i would love to read your ghost stories and i would help you in any way i can oh you're so wonderful thank you liz this has been such a delight i'm so happy that we got to have this conversation and, like, and next time we have to have a beer and i will i will find a beer for you that you like you watch me <sighs> I can do it. I'm such a weenie. I can do it. Tell me what you do like to drink, and I can find you a beer that you like. Iced tea? I can find something for you. I mean, I'm sure there's beer I like. I I just, I'm just, like I said, I'm just a weenie. Well, you got it. You just got to meet the right people. And now you have. So we're good. There we go. Well, you know what? (laughs) When this damn pandemic is over, let's have a beer. Let's do it. All right. It's a a date. That sounds wonderful. Thank you so much (laughs) for being on. And uh, listeners. Thanks. You can check back in Wednesday and get what happens in Denver wherever you uh, get books. All right. Thanks.